0: This is Adam Carriker on the ticket. Position right
1: of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and 20, jailbreak screen in the air, it is tipped, it is intercepted by Carriker at the Missouri 21-yard line!
0: Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, 8-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman, Adam Carriker. Shotgun snap to average. he's got the left arm going and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carriker who rips him down inside the 25! 937 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Ticketfm.com. Here's your host, Adam Carricker.
1: It's a victory Friday. Why is it Victory Friday? Because every Friday is a victory Friday. That's why. Well thank you for welcoming into, welcoming me into your houses, your cars, your headphones, where you are at, ladies and gentlemen. On yet another Victory Friday, because each and every Friday, in my book, is a Victory Friday. We got a loaded show today. In just a couple minutes, we're going to bring on two time national champion, former Husker Cluster Johnson. We got a whole bunch of college football to talk about this weekend. The Huskers are on a bye, so I'm willing to go out on a limb and guarantee we're not going to lose. But hopefully, I've got Iowa losing. I've got a couple other teams losing. So hopefully it can be a glorious weekend for Husker fans on multitude, a multitude of levels. So we're going to talk some college football. We're going to bring in Cluster here in about two minutes. Probably talk a little bit of Husker volleyball as well. 15-0, the number two team in the entire country. if you missed it, I interviewed Jordan Larson, put that out yesterday, one of the all-time greats tried to come up with the hardest questions i could think of none of them were too hard but she handled them all beautifully and and one of those questions because if you look at nebraska volleyball schedule they got number one right now the overwhelming number one team if you look at the votes in the country wisconsin coming in in just about eight days now they got some games in between here and there i guess we have to Talk about other games. Michigan State, Penn State, who's 13th ranked. Northwestern, we're going to beat them in football and volleyball. All right, and then we got good old Wisconsin coming into Lincoln October 21st. Number one versus number two in the country. If you missed that interview, go, go check it out. Probably talk a little bit of Nebraska volleyball today as well. Here's an interesting stat. They've beaten six ranked teams this year. They've played exactly 50 sets. All right, they are 43 and seven, if you just go by their sets, okay, that's an 86% win percentage just set-wise. That's insane. Obviously, their win-loss record is 15-0, which is also pretty phenomenally phenomenal. But before we dive into all that, okay, as always, check out characterchronicles.com. It's just science. It's where all your football hopes and dreams will come true. But also, of course, GE Landscape Supply has pavers and boulders great accents for any backyard landscaping project they sell to homeowners and contractors and they deliver anywhere near or far stop by at 6701 corner highway check out gelandscapesupply.com or call 402-467-1627 and as always i always build towards the end of the show the last 10 minutes the people segment send me your questions at 402-464 5685 That's 402-464-5685. I will answer any and all of your questions live right here on 93.7. The ticket from 1250 to 1 p.m. I've interviewed a bunch of awesome guests this week. Like I mentioned, Nebraska legend, not even just a volleyball legend, but Nebraska legend Jordan Larson, also Tony Davis earlier this week. Kenny Bell will go out. Later next week, Bill Bush of 93.7 The Ticket. And I'm also joined right here, right now, by another Husker-grade, a two-time national champion, 1994-1995. The man played wing back, okay, from Bellevue, Nebraska, Mr. Cluster Johnson. How you doing, my friend? You know,
0: just happy to be here. Just happy to be in your presence. Uh, happy, <laughs> happy to be in your thoughts. And uh, I'm here to display any knowledge I may have that can make the crowd happy.
1: Well, as far as you being in my thoughts, I could take that weird places, but I won't. But I do appreciate the plethora of knowledge that you're going to bring to the show today. Now, here's something that I actually did not know until a while back when I was doing a little recon on you because I wanted to bring you on my show at some point in time. And You actually came in as a a quarterback, which I was not aware of at the time. Highly recruited quarterback. You changed positions to wing back. I got to ask, what was that like, changing from a quarterback to another position on the offense? Was that something that was hard for you to buy into? Was that easy to buy into? Was it something you felt like you picked up quickly? How, How was that process for you? Well,
0: athletically, it was easy, but mentally, it was tough because initially I'm coming in thinking you know being a quarterback compared to being a receiver it's a it's a it's a, it's, a bit, it's a lot different uh, as a quarterback I mean you are the leader and you have to know pretty much every position on offense Uh, line calls, audibles, what the receivers are going to do. Then you have to know coverages. You got to know what the defense is trying to do. So there's a lot of things that you have to do as a quarterback. Now, as a receiver, uh, you know, basically you have to know the audibles. You have to know how to get off the line, your your routes. And uh, it's just a little bit different mindset. So that was the part that, I really had to transition. It it is the mind.
1: So here's the reason I asked that. And I brought this up recently a few times, so I don't want to chat about it too long. But you're the perfect guy to ask this question uh, because I brought up possibly changing most likely Jeff Sims. But whoever isn't starting a quarterback, they're athletic. We need help in other places. We have injuries. We're banged up. Running back, wide receiver. So let's say if they said, hey, Jeff, after the bye week, you want to help us out at running back. You want to help us out at receiver. What would your thoughts on something like that be if you were to put yourself in Jeff Sims' shoes? Like, would that be uh, easier than harder? Would it be harder than easier? Like, how do you think that could possibly go if they do that?
0: Well, I think as a quarterback transitioning to other receivers on uh, other positions on offense, that's probably the easiest because he probably knows those positions. Now, the tough part is the intricacies and the details of what those positions entail. So, you know, what you're doing as a receiver is a lot different than what you're doing as a quarterback. You know, the angles that you have to take, the, the physicality, uh, some of the grabbing, some of the, there's just different things you're going to have to know as, as a receiver Uh, and they're not going to make, you know, they're not going to make it easy for you in that transition. Now as a quarterback, Uh, you are, you know, people are trying to protect you. People are trying to keep you out of harm's way. Um, When you run, when you run, you're getting down on the ground. You're not taking hits. As a receiver, you got to change that mentality. Like, you're probably delivering blows now. You're probably getting hit more. Like, you're not protected. So, uh, like I said, your mind has to switch. And that was the tough part for me was – be having more of a physical mentality having more of a physical mindset versus uh i'm being protected mindset
1: that makes a lot of sense and so one other thing i want to ask you about so you got a couple of of, of tweets that i thought were interesting lately for sure and one of them you quote treated about the nil okay and like shitter sanders you know, supposed to $4.8 is what he's projected to make. And then you've got Arch Manning, Caleb Williams, Travis Hunter, J.J. McCarthy. And you commented, can you imagine what Tommy Frazier would have made at Nebraska? And we all play too late, but you said you played 30 years uh, too soon, actually. Like, how do you think, like, what for someone like Tommy Frazier, what would NIL have, or just somebody of that ilk, what would NIL and how much would that have changed college football had it been implemented by earlier when you were playing?
0: You know, uh, you know, I'm Adam. I'm a firm believer in what happens in life. It happens for a reason. Like everything progresses and changes in certain ways when it changes. Like even when I was in Nebraska in 95, when those guys from the seventies came or in the '80s, they would come and see us. They walk through the locker rooms. They just thought that we were some spoiled. Like I can't believe y'all have all this. <laughs> the training, the training yep. table changed. The whole, the whole, our locker rooms changed. So it's just what happens. I, like I'm not mad. I'm actually happy for the kids because, for you know, it what it's saying to me is minds have changed and that there's there's cooler heads have prevailed and said, you know what? I see where the kids are coming from. I see how we generate a lot of money. I see the hypocrisy in how we treat the coaches versus we treat the players. I do feel like at some point there's probably going to be a little bit more some regulation on this stuff. Uh, but right now, I think they're trying to find out They're probably trying to find a happy medium where players are going to be taken care of and the university is going to get out of the player what they originally thought they would.
1: All right. As most of us know, your son Keegan went to Iowa. Now he's at Kansas State. I'm just curious how he's doing. I know he's been banged up a little bit this year. How's this season been going for him? How's he feeling health-wise? How's Keegan doing at this point?
0: Yeah, uh, Keegan... So it's it's funny because I obviously have had some communication with some of the coaches and there are quite a few connections on that staff that are from Nebraska. So like Steve standard is there. He coaches the linebackers. He was, he, he played linebacker in Nebraska. Uh, You have Clint. God, what's Clint's last name? Clint was a, uh, he he was a defensive coordinator at South Dakota state but Clint Brown. Uh, Clint Brown is an, an offensive analyst on the team. Um, so I, I get a chance to kind of talk to some of those guys. Uh, and, and then Coach Kleiman, he was at North Dakota State. He played against Cade, so he he knows Cade and, and, and our family and really recruited Keegan coming out of high school pretty good. Um, the line coach... Uh, went to Creighton Prep, so again, there's there's a there's a lot of uh, connections. So Keegan initially, when he when he transitioned from Iowa, really the thought was, hey, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to be who I am, be who be present, the kind of skills I have in this Iowa offense. I think I don't need to sit here and rip on the Iowa offense. I think people pretty much have.
1: You yeah. get to see it yep. from week to week, right? So yeah, we get it.
0: So when he went into the portal, he said, "Okay, let me look for an offense that I feel I will be able to showcase my 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 skills and and help the team win championship." And and it was perfect because K State just won championship. They just won the, the the Big Twelve. He's like, "Hey, I think that they had the quarterback coming back. They had line coming back. They had a, a good amount of people coming back." My son was fully healthy. Went to spring ball, killed it. Lots of there were lots of press about him. Summer, did great, killed it again. Fall, doing great. About two weeks before the first game, pulls his quad. So wow, that's tough. So so th- it's just one of those things that's that's happened. Uh, you know, I, I think about a guy like Fedoni. know, Fedoni kind of went through that his first couple of years where he just couldn't catch a break injury-wise. And uh, so finally now, so Keegan missed the first game where they had him slotted as the main receiver. Uh, A lot of the pass and plays was going towards him, and they just had to switch up their whole system because he wasn't ready to go. Uh, Came back second game, you could tell he really wasn't very – you know, he was not fully healed third game, got a little better. So these last few games, I would say, is the first time I'm really starting to see him look like Keegan. Um, like The last game he had a couple of catches, and, and the way he moved, I really feel like I'm starting to see who he can be. So this this second part of the season, I'm really kind of looking forward to, to him breaking out and, and being the player who they thought that he would be.
1: I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, he's a guy that I've been I've been watching since high school, regardless of where he went. I've been, I've been rooting for him. And I will. I'll just pile on the Iowa offense just a little bit because I have a Big Ten show, and my co-host predicted that Jeff, uh, Jeff, my co-host predicted they'd win the Big Ten championship, which is ridiculous. So every chance I get, I give him <laughs> a bunch of crap. So, Jeff, this is for you. If anybody watched that Penn State game, Iowa had zero points and over 300 punt yards. So, boom, there you go on that. All right, uh, next up. <laughs> Matt Rule, what are your thoughts on on Matt Rule? What kind of prompted this question, and it's going to lead into my next question about wins and losses. But you had a you had a tweet here, I should say. My Husker prediction was seven and five, eight and four, and I'm sticking to it based on the Matt Rule press conference. For the first time in a long time, I like comments made by the head coach. He takes responsibility for their readiness, which means he knows what to do, and he is driven to get better. All right, so those are some pretty strong words. As far as how you feel positively towards Matt Rule, what are some of the other things that have stood out to you about our new head coach so far this year?
0: Listen, Matt Rule has embraced the chaos, okay? And what I mean by that is we have a very rabid fan base that really is passionate about their Husker football, okay? Yep. I got to see Coach Rule at the Jet Award. Uh, I was introduced to him through Damon and he right away said, Oh yeah, I know. I met cluster before I was speaking to him about Keegan. Uh, we, we talked on the phone about getting Keegan here. And, uh, so what I've noticed about coach rule right away, just by our interaction and just by what he was saying, he remembered me. He's like, man, now I can put a face to a name. And I know that he has had communication with former players who have connects to the community and connects outside the community. He's embraced that. So that in itself is huge. Like, when coaches come in and they want to be in the know, they want to know what's going on, okay, what what am I missing? Because I want to turn over every stone. I want to make sure I'm not missing out on anything. I can tell he's that kind of guy. So I, I was kind of going, okay, we, we're on to something here. Now, my son, Cade, had him as a senior bowl coach, and Cade said he was tough. So that's another thing I like. Is that he's not trying to be your friend. He's trying to get on you. And the toughest, the best coaches in the nation, the Dick Sabins, everybody, the James Franklin, everybody that you know, they are tough guys. Like they're not trying to be your friend as a player. They're not. They're gonna love you, yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna make you work. They're gonna make you work hard. When you look at Nick Sabans when you look at some of his uh, 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 antics in practice on the sideline, because it's all on YouTube, like this dude is mm-hmm. going hard at you. And, and I really feel like Coach Rule is that kind of guy. And I just don't think, when you look at the last few uh, um, coaches we've had, we haven't had that kind of guy who's going to hold people accountable. Not, not only hold the, the players accountable, but the coaches. So I mean, if you're going to be that way to the coaches, you're probably that way to your your staff too. You're, like you got a high expectations for them. So that being said, I mean, I mean, that kind of resistance to me is what translates to success eventually. Because everybody has to raise their expectation level. Everybody has to go a little harder. Everybody knows that hey, listen, if I'm not holding up my end of the bargain, he's going to replace me. That's the only way you're going to get better, and that's what I see happening to this team.
1: I'm joined today by Cluster Johnson on the Aloe Fiber VIP line, and it's interesting you bring that up because some of the the guys I've been fortunate enough to interview since I started doing this again back in August, and you th- I think back to the Pelini guys, guys who were coached by Pelini, Roy Halu, Prince Mukamara, Kenny Bell, they all said the same thing. They all said that Pelini – had a high standard. Like the standard was, was so high and it was so demanding. And I know firsthand, Pelini will get in your face and he'll rip into you like a monkey on a cupcake. But here's the other thing people know. People know that his players loved him. His players loved him because he was demanding the best out of them because he truly and genuinely cared about them. The more your players know that you care about them, the more demanding you can be of them and the better they're going to play for you. So I agree with everything You just said right there. Last question I got for you. I appreciate your time, and then I'll let you get out of here. It's one more tweet. All right. From Mr. Cluster Johnson. Give him a follow on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a follow on Twitter. He puts out a lot of good stuff. And here it is. Some people might start to see the light now on that seven or eight win Husker season. You got like a smiley and a winky face. I know it's hard (laughs) to believe when you've been down so long but it's different at the top now. Here comes a good home stretch. All right, here it is. How many wins is Nebraska going to end up with this season, my friend? Now, I want
0: you to hear me out on this one.
1: Okay.
0: There's really no rational thought to this. It's merely just a feel. Just think about you, Adam, with your kids, right? there are some things that you know about your kids. You got a feeling about things that they do. And there's no science behind it. Right. So that's kind of yeah. how I felt about, felt about knowing about coach rule and how I know he's, he's going to uh, force his team to be better in coaches. Um, they could have, Easily, I'm, they could have easily went in the dumps after this Michigan, how they got demolished by Michigan. But, no, they go on the road and they pull out a, 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 a ugly win against Illinois, and we haven't really seen that before. Like, we haven't seen, it's been a while since we've seen them, you know, like put that in the past and say, hey, either we're going to fold or we're gonna get up and, and and show our grit and and they went on the road and won. It's like it's hard to win in the Big Ten on the road. I don't care how bad you think the team is, it's still hard. Mm-hmm. And I did not I picked them to be two and four at this time, then make a run and I said the decision on going winning eight games is the Illinois game. So the fact that they're three and three, they are ahead of where I thought they would be at this time. I feel being at home after you play the best team in Michigan, you went on the road, you beat Illinois. I really think that I think we could beat, I I just honestly feel like we will beat Northwestern. I think we could beat Michigan State away. I mean, Illinois and Michigan State are very similar I yep. think we can beat them.
1: What about um, Purdue? Maryland Pretty is a little than.
0: bit better than I thought they would be, but I think I, I, I'm just giving us I'm giving us the chance at home. I, I think at home we're going to win. Uh, the only one out of these rest of these games, I think, Wisconsin. But I think we could be. Uh, I think we could be Iowa at home. We beat Iowa on the road last year, and they were supposed to be better, and we beat them. And in Iowa, as you can see, they do not have a good offense again. Um, mm-hmm. So the toughest games that we – it's going to be Maryland at home and Wisconsin on the road. I feel like we have a better chance to be Maryland at home than Wisconsin on the road. The only loss I'm seeing right now is just Wisconsin on the road. Other than that, I think we can win them all.
1: And it sounds to me like you probably have us beating Purdue then at home most likely.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, i for sure.
1: All right. That comes out yeah. to eight and four. That math adds up. I'm not a math major, but that does come out to eight and four. I tell you what, especially after that Michigan game. Dude, I got so much crap from people for thinking that we could still get bull eligible. And if we were to end up eight <laughs> and four, oh man, that'd be like, that'd be the greatest thing ever. So I'm with you. Uh, I actually put out my prediction show tomorrow as to whether I think Nebraska will make a bowl game and a final record. I'm with you. Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State all winnable. I do think Maryland will be a challenge. They're better than advertised before the season. Wisconsin, that's going to be probably the toughest one. I agree on that. And dude, Iowa, I think they're incredibly beatable. If you can't score points, you can't win. So, um, I agree with you that we got a good chance to win in almost all those games, if not at least three or four. So, I appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you very much for joining me.
0: Adam, listen. When that final record comes, they're seven and five, eight and four. You need to have me back on, so I I, I can tell the world they need to start listening a little bit more.
1: Okay, okay. So I before the season, I said six and six, seven and five. So if we come out seven and five or greater, uh, that'd be all right with me, though. I have no problem being wrong in that direction. And if we end up seven and five, especially eight and four, dude, you're always welcome on my show, anyways. Regardless. So. There you
0: go, baby. There you go.
1: All right, we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it.